Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast. Hi, and welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm Janet Porter. I am your guest host tonight. My special thanks to Richard Harris and to Andrew Womack. What a special, what a special ministry it is. It's my favorite conference of the year, the Truth and Liberty Coalition. Uh, it is a, a very uh, impactful ministry. They're making a difference. And Andrew Womack's ministry, I'll tell you it's something, you know, you, you feel like you've heard that sermon before, and it seems like that's kind of, yeah, I know that Bible verse too, and it's new and it's fresh, and it's uh, very enlightening and empowering. And I just want to say, I'm not saying that because I'm a guest host today. I say it anyway. It's just a, a, a real privilege to be a part of, uh, of this program tonight. We've got uh, some very special things lined up, including uh, where the battle is the hottest. And right now, the top news is we had Matt Gates. We actually uh, asked him to be on the program tonight, but he's been kind of busy. Uh, he just unseated the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. Yes, Kevin McCarthy has been vacated from his chair, from the from the speakership. It's not, it happened in any of my memory, um, but we had eight Republicans join with the Democrats and say, no, 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 we don't want this man who has violated his promises to the conservative group of patriots who uh, who challenged it. They, they basically did not keep his promise. And, and uh, it's interesting, just a lot of people are, are going after Matt Gates right now. And I just want to say that's easy to do when you're on the outside and hear what the establishment has to say. Uh, let me just read you one of the texts that Matt sent out. He says, hey, some of my wonderful conservative friends who, who are upset about this, he says, I'd like them, they're, they're worried it might disrupt the legislative business. He said, I'd remind them that the full scope of legislative work on the floor yesterday was renaming two post offices. As he pointed out how they went on an extended vacation for six weeks at a time, they didn't do the work. What, what happened was they, they wait to the last minute, they put everything in a, in a big omnibus bill, and that covers their rear ends to vote for everything that the American people do not want. This is a historic moment, um, and I just uh, I just congratulate Matt Gates for having the courage to stand uh, now with seven Republicans uh, who joined him. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's um, it's refreshing. It's refreshing and it's encouraging to see um, that they've just ousted the man who I remember when working the, the halls of Congress blocked our heartbeat bill. He with Paul Ryan were uh, those who did not let that bill come to a vote to protect babies with beating hearts. And so um, I congratulate Matt. What a what a Andy Biggs. Uh, here's here's the group. Uh, Andy Biggs out of Arizona. Ken Buck from Colorado. Uh, Tim Burchette from from Tennessee. Eli Crane from Arizona. Bob Good. Nancy Mace. Uh, Matt. Rosendale and uh, they joined. They joined uh, Matt Gates in in making history, uh, if ousting the man who didn't keep his promise uh, to the conservative caucus. And I uh, I celebrate. I really do. Uh, we'll see what happens, but we keep him in our prayers and uh, we keep our U.S. Congress in our prayers because one thing we know is that the path that we were heading on was uh, it was off the cliff. Uh, beginning with 33 trillion uh, 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 debt uh, in our, our our United States debt. That's um, Something needs to, we need to do something different if we want different results. And uh, that happened today. So I want to, I want to uh, not waste a moment because we have two very special guests. Corey Shankleton, who's the president of Faith to Action Michigan, joins us. Uh, he is a guy who was with us for 
almost the whole, no, for the entire decade nearly, uh, when we were passing the Ohio Heartbeat Bill. He's a pastor who then moved to Michigan to uh, to help uh, to get that bill, uh, to keep hearts beating in Michigan. And we welcome you, Pastor Corey Shankleton. Thanks for taking time to join us. It's wonderful to be with you, Janet. Liberty has no greater friend than you. Praise the Lord. We've got Jonathan Alexander also. He is uh, is the senior counsel uh, for government affairs at Liberty Council. Liberty Council is a friend of Liberty, <laughs> literally uh, uh, on the front lines, fighting for our freedoms. And we're very grateful to have you with us, Jonathan. You there with us? All right, we're working on the audio for Jonathan. And I, uh, I'm glad that uh, we're, we're here because the time is crucial. Uh, one of the things Martin Luther said, that if we are fighting on all battlefronts, besides where the battle is the hottest, then he says we're a traitor to the cause. Well, right now, the battle is the hottest on the state level in the state of Ohio. You know, Ohio that introduced the nation's first ban on, on partial birth abortion, Ohio that, that introduced the nation's first uh, uh, heartbeat law. Um, this is this is a place where we have passed, and I'll just tell you in my tenure, I lobbied to pass things from that nation's first ban on partial birth abortion to parental consent, to the woman's right to know law, to fetal homicide, to uh, the heartbeat bill, um, which became law in this state. And guess what? There's a ballot initiative in about a month's time that is going to challenge every single one of those laws. It could wipe out every law that I ever worked to pass in uh, in my, my lifetime in the state of Ohio. Um, and it's something that is not hyperbole. This is not an exaggeration. Nobody knows that better than Corey Shankleton, who faced this very same threat in the state of Michigan. Corey, tell us, tell us firsthand what we're dealing with here, will you? Well, you know, first of all, you know, when people hear you say Ohio, uh, you know, maybe that's not where they live. And so they kind of, you know, maybe partway check out. I want to tell you that those people who are trying to push this agenda are looking at this as a strategy to take over the nation. So just because it's happening in Ohio, uh, maybe you don't live there. Uh, you, you, We have to stand together and we have to fight together. You know, it was only a year ago, Janet, we were standing in Michigan. Uh, and they were fighting, you know, they were bringing this thing in, you know, all kinds of deception, not only, you know, abortion up until birth, uh, but also really one of the, the things that they're going after is the removal of parental consent, not only for abortion, but also for uh, for mutilation of children. Uh, you know, so what's happened in the, the wake of this actually passing in the state of Michigan is we now have Planned Parenthoods who, you know, have continued along in making money off of abortions, but are now the nation's largest supplier for puberty-blocking drugs, they're now building uh, centers right across from high schools. Uh, you know why? Because if we can eliminate the parents from the equation, we can walk them right out of the schoolyard, right into the abortion clinic, right into the puberty-blocking drug clinic. And so this is, this is, this is massive. Every, we need all hands on deck. Um, and one of the things we've got to do is we've got we've got to be bold. Uh, they we've got to speak up. We've got to we've got to share from the churches uh, with our neighbors. We cannot be silent uh, because this this really is the cliff that they're trying to push this nation off on. 
I believe this is the most lethal, the most dangerous ballot initiative in the history of the state of Ohio and in the history of our country. Because again, as you mentioned, this is the national strategy. If they can steam over, if they can steamroll over Michigan, they're trying to steamroll over over the state of Ohio. They've already set their sights. They've got their targets right now. The crosshairs, the state of Florida. They, they're looking. They want to do Arizona. They've announced Arkansas. And this is what they do. They go to states that don't want to kill children until birth. They don't want to mutilate children. And what they do is they say, you know what? We're going to run ads to tell you it's a really about maternity care and about choice and about women. And, and that's what they did in Michigan, right? It's, the, it's, it's really a campaign of deception that's paid for with outside money, with Soros money, with blood money. And they can buy more ads than we can counter very often. And and, and that's real. I mean, if I were to say what's the their biggest weapon, it's their blood money and it's it's their deception. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. In the state of Michigan, they pumped $44 million of out-of-state money into this campaign. So when I said they think about this in a in a national context, you know, they're not looking at, well, just Michigan. They're saying, no, we're going to take Michigan, then we're going to try to take Ohio, and then all the states you say. So their their blood money is is huge. But on top of that, the deceptive game, as you said, they use all that blood money, they'll run ads, they'll make it look like they're the compassionate, loving ones. Uh, you know, they're the ones that want to protect women, keep women safe, uh, you know, not saddle them with, you know, with the joy of parenthood. Uh, you know, they want your children, you know, they want to protect your children. But, you know, one of the things in Michigan that was interesting, we went right on to the Planned Parenthood ACLU website. And so while they're running campaigns saying, you know, this is about protecting women, right on their website, they're saying, hey, we're going to eliminate clinic standards for women. We don't think that you should have to have a doctor or a nurse on staff, uh, you know, when they're performing abortions. I mean, this stuff is, you know, we don't think they should have to register with the state and meet standard health practices for outpatient surgical centers. You know, they say, you know, we're going to protect your kids. And the best way they can come up with protecting children is by removing parental consent. You know, this is the mindset that we're up against. And, you know, there's nothing more, you know, nothing more simple to say this is deception and darkness. And the only way to rid deception and darkness is to bring the light. And that's why it is so imperative that the churches rise up in this fight, not only in Ohio, but on the behalf of Ohio. So if you're a church in another state, there's things that you can do. So, Janet, what are some things that people can do? Uh, to engage in the fight that's going on right now in that state. Well, we've made it easy, as you know, at Faith to Action to say no to the nightmare. Why, why did I pick that? Why did I go with that campaign? It's because I remember when we've been getting trounced on these, these uh, uh, ballot initiatives with the people with the most money, most often win. I remember back in the early 90s that I was a part of, of fighting in Michigan when Jack Kevorkian had his heyday of assisted suicide. I remember standing and saying, you know what, um, we're going to fight that. And, and we had initiative. It was ballot. It was ballot initiative B. And the campaign was B is bad. And you want to know something? Even though we were outspent, we won because it was clear, it was concise and people understood it. And that's why we put together two ads. I'm going to go ahead and play uh, the first one about abortion. It's Say No to the Nightmare. Say No to the Nightmare, November 7th. Let's go ahead and, uh, and see, uh, see that particular ad that people can help get us out to, uh, to voters and get it on the air as well. There's the heartbeat. <laughs> 
You see the baby? Yes. I can't wait to hold her. Did you vote no on issue one yet? I've been kind of busy. Honey, we need to vote no on abortion until birth. What I need is a nap. Love you. We don't care how much it hurts. We kill babies until birth. Give me that. I told you your parents never need to know. Vote no to the nightmare, November 7th. Just making sure, uh, Josh, that's something that the audio played on online, right? We could actually hear it because I could not hear it. Fantastic. So that was the ad that, that really what's at stake. So people say, you know, late term abortions, they don't really happen. Um, you know, they're not very, they didn't really happen. But but in this ad, you can picture the idea. You know, you, you've got the ultrasound, they've heard the heartbeat. It's exciting to see that, that you know, we're expecting a child and it may be, you know, not in, in the perfect circumstances. This is a young girl who who's pregnant, but the parents are supporting, they're helping. And, and, uh, and so the boyfriend, who maybe doesn't want to pay for 18 years of child support could force this young girl into the abortion mill and as it says in the ads nobody has to know don't say your parents never need to know that these these people and that's why it opens the door to trafficking where the trafficker can take these young kids in and uh, and just have the abortions no one will ever know parents are never alerted to what's going on and it's it's a dangerous dangerous thing and it's killing children until the moment of birth in addition to wiping out every pro-life law that we've passed in the last 50 years and every child that those laws protect. But it goes beyond that. Let me show you uh, how we need to vote no to the nightmare on the issue of the transgender issue. Let's go ahead and play that ad uh, of what's at stake in Ohio if we don't gather together to sound the alarm to say no to the nightmare November 7th. Good night, sweetheart. I love you, mommy. I love you too, Tommy boy. Don't forget to vote no tomorrow. If I have time. Honey, if we don't vote no, Issue one will allow for mutilation and castration of little children. We live in Ohio, not California. If you don't vote no, you could wake up in California. Hello? This is Dr. Machete from Intensive Care. There's a problem with Tommy's gender reassignment surgery. What? I never authorized any surgeries. Issue one doesn't require your consent. What? You are required to pay all the medical bills and with all the complications. You let me talk to my son. Now. I'm sorry. You no longer have a son. Issue one gave you a daughter. <laughs> Vote no to the nightmare. November 7th. As I mentioned, this is not hyperbole. This is not exaggeration. And uh, we have a uh, another special guest who's joined us. And and I have a um, a memo. I'm going to use to introduce our guest. It's from Liberty Council for my good friend Matt Staver, Richard Mass, and that whole team, uh, as well as Jonathan Alexander. They put together a memo for pastors. That do you realize churches? You could actually play these ads in your church. Um, but until we get to that place, I just want to mention that you can do that now um, by by helping us out. Uh, $20, a $20 contribution will reach 500 voters on their phones directly. 40 bucks, you can reach 1,000 Ohio voters. And uh, I'm told one, one number was 90% of the people get their, they get it embedded, not, not, not a mystery link, but an embedded, you'll see the picture in the video on the page. 
that will allow them to see what's at stake. So you've got the transgender ad, you've got the pro-life ad, and then on the bottom, that blue that blue line you see there, if you click that at f2a.org, you can actually get this pastor's memo um, that will tell pastors, hey, you know what? You don't have to be timid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to, to see Ohio become the state of California. You can actually stand up and be a voice for the voiceless when it counts the most. Jonathan Alexander, uh, we, uh, we are very grateful as you are the Senior Counsel for Government Affairs in Washington. We're grateful that you've joined us from Liberty Council. Do we have you now? I'm on now. Thank you, Janet. Glad you're here. Um, I think that's and that's one of the things that, that I found when I was helping Corey trying to fight this in Michigan is the timidity of pastors, which I think goes against the biggest lie of the last century and, and, and current century, frankly, is that that pastors need to stay out of politics. Let the tyrants run the place. Let them, you know, let them institute and weaponize our government against us. Have the early morning FBI raids. Go after your political opponents. Throw those who are engaged in First Amendment protesting in, in the D.C. gulags. This is this is real what happens when pastors stay quiet and Christians sit out. Would you agree? Absolutely right. And, you know, to the contrary, America has such a rich history of pastors uh, using the pulpit, the congregation, uh, the fact that you can find the sometimes the largest gathering of Americans at the 11 o'clock hour in churches and seeing so many movements throughout our history use the pulpit as the tool to galvanize support, to galvanize political action. Uh, that's true for the abolitionists during slavery. It's true certainly for the civil rights movement, and it ought to be true once again uh, for this fight for life, especially in Ohio. And as you mentioned, there have been historical and even racial implications of how they would try to use government force through tax-exempt status to silence pastors. They've never been successful. Never once in history have they successfully uh, removed a pastor or shut down a church or disallowed the communication on a political issue to occur from the pulpit. And so uh, that is a sort of Democles that has been used to quiet pastors. But uh, certainly the law is on the side of church leaders, of elders, of uh, women's groups within the congregation to speak specifically to this issue and not to be afraid of, uh, as onerous as taxes are in the uh, IRS is, not to be afraid of using their tax-exempt status uh, for speaking out uh, against this amendment. Seems as though they're letting the fear of government, fear of fear of man, uh, triumph over the fear of God. Because we're, I remember uh, testifying in the, in the legislature, and they that one woman said to me, you know, you're saying that to be a Christian, you need to be pro-life. And she said, you know, the Bible is a book about tolerance, and Jesus never said the word abortion. And I said, well, you know what? If you if you open up that book, you'll see that that thou shalt not kill made the top ten commandments, not suggestions. And what Jesus had to say is that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We're also commanded in Proverbs 24, 11, to be a voice for those appointed to die. And Proverbs 31, 8, to, be, to, uh, to speak up for those that are being led away to death. This is what we're commanded. This is the Christian life. And, and the Christian church isn't a building. It's, it's all of us. And it's not to meet once a week in a club. It's to it's to be salt and light in a dark and decaying world. So tell us, if you would, uh, Jonathan, what what are pastors allowed to do? They can show these ads that we've just seen. They can say, hey, everybody, we need to vote no because lives depend on it, because children depend on it. What else can they do? Absolutely right. It's an issue that that touches squarely on scripture. Uh, so they can have full liberty, as it were, to communicate uh, the atrocities of abortion and say that here's an amendment that's going to be placed on the ballot with the opportunity for you to vote uh, that goes 
categorically against scripture. So it's a scriptural issue. It's a biblical issue. Pastors can always preach first about that issue and then encourage their congregates to take steps that, yes, are political steps, but are steps that every citizen is allowed to take. A pastor as an individual has no restrictions on what they're able to do in terms of communicating with uh, the public in their own personal capacity and even the church itself. Uh, Short of giving money to a political candidate or having an ad run from a church, uh, churches and Christians have wide liberty and are encouraged to speak specifically to this issue. So yes, you can organize call centers within your church basement, have a list of your neighbors that you go through one by one and call. You can organize uh, door-to-door knocking where folks meet first at the church and then go out. If this was a legislative issue, and honestly, thankfully, it's not a legislative issue, right? It is a if you look at the amendment, it starts off by saying the people. It is is a straight up and down vote that the people are able to do. And so the people can rally. They can organize wherever they are, in a supermarket or in a church parking lot with no limitations. And, you know, if pastors are hesitant, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the threats the government has used in the your past. Audio there for I would say quickly, I can appreciate the the threats that pastors have have faced in the past, uh, but do not hide behind uh, a non-applicable, never before used ordinance or never successfully used uh, exempt status removal to be silent on this issue. Pastors have full liberty to do so. Churches have full liberty to engage, and we're encouraging them to do so. And that list of what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do is actually in this letter, in this memo, all at faith2action.org, or the shortcut is F like faith, the number two, A like action.org. Uh, we need to empower the pastors. But but uh, I think that the three, if I, if I were to say there are three great lies uh, that face us as a nation, the three biggest lies are that the, the pastors need to remain quiet. The church needs to stay out of politics. Let the, let the Marxists run the country. See how, see how much freedom you have left at the end of the day. The second one is, is that the giants are too big this, you know, they, they're just they're just so overwhelming. They're so overpowering. And the third is that there's nothing we can do. Well, the thing that I know, and Corey, you've been there. Once you've seen Goliath fall, there's nobody that can tell you it can't be done. You were there, uh, there in Ohio, when when uh, we became uh, uh, one of 15 states to keep hearts beating with passing the heartbeat law, uh, uh, and 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 it was a long, hard battle. I mean, both of us ran for the for the Ohio State Senate because these obstructionists, these people that were part of the establishment, the go along, get along, that that use babies to get elected instead of using elections to to protect babies. This is this is what we're up against, and this I believe is is what we've got to overcome. What would you add to this as, as, as your experience has seen what happens when, when the, the deception rules and the church does remain quiet? Well, you know, I think as we've been talking throughout this whole program, I'm thinking about what you shared at the beginning of the hour with the situation with the Speaker of the House and Matt Gates uh, standing up and seeing what has never been done before. There has never been a Speaker removed, disposed from office before. And really, you know, the almost the entire power of the House of Representatives has been, you know, being used to put pressure on Matt Gates. I watched that occur in the state of Ohio. Janet, there was, you know, times in the beginning where there was big crowds and lots of people. Uh, but as the fight went on, there was many times where you were standing at, at the tip of the spear all by yourself. Uh, you know, there was those that were praying with you, but the weight of it was was resting on you. 
So many triumphant moments of our nation's history begin with just one. Uh, you know, I when we were traveling all over the state of Michigan, we told the story of your friend Phyllis Schlafly and how she stood up against the ERA. This is this is the moment where what this nation has been founded on is really being tested and seeing is there still a people that possess the, the understanding that all of these realities are coming from Christ that formed this nation and they're worth fighting for. What, you know, uh, what they were just sharing from Liberty Council. You know, it, this is not a political issue. This is a moral issue. And I'll go a step further. This is a foundational issue uh, to the establishment of this nation. So, you know, we encourage, we want pastors and entire churches and entire congregations to get on board. That's what we really need. They need to be, you know, knocking on doors and covering their communities. But you know, if you're in a place where you're the one, be the one, you know, be the one that stands up with courage and, and uh, you know, and let your voice be heard because, you know, we do serve the God of the impossible and he you know, does incredible things. Uh, you that's know, right. if each of us had quit, Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't each of us would have quit when we were told it was impossible. Uh, there would not have been a heartbeat bill, and there certainly would not be dozens of heartbeat bills across the nation. Well, you know, uh, what gave me some courage is because uh, I did have a, a, a mentor and a friend in Phyllis Schlafly, and she stood what I, I, I described it in my Criminalization of Christianity book as standing against a freight train. Because when she stood against the Equal Rights Amendment, which would have brought abortion uh, and and the homosexual agenda back in the 70s into the Amer into America prematurely from where it was now, uh, where it is now, she she stood. Get a load of this. Um, she stood, and the vote in the House was 354 to 23. Uh, in the Senate, it was 84 to 8. Much like we saw in the House of Representatives today, only eight Republicans stood uh, and stood with Matt Gates. And by the way, we do have a new Speaker of the House, Representative Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. This is historic. It is, is a courageous thing. But I know when Phyllis said, she said, you know what? We didn't have uh, email. We didn't have the internet. She had she had really three things. She had the truth. She had a, the, the telephone and uh, and a newsletter that, that explained that truth to people. And when she stood there, and you, you hear the story, you hear me tell the story many times, on the floor of the Illinois House, when the vote was supposed to go the other way, they thought that the ERA was going to pass. They were on Nightline together with, with Ms. Schmeel, Eleanor Schmeel of the National Organization of Women, and the host of Nightline said, Ms. Schmeel, what happened? You said you had the votes. And her reply was, as Phyllis told it very clearly in our movie Light Winds, she said uh, that, that, that there was something very powerful working against us, and I certainly don't mean people. If the head of the National Organization of Women can recognize there's something very powerful working against them in the fight of the Equal Rights Amendment, then why is it that God's people don't recognize there's something very powerful working with us as we stand with the God of the universe? And that's really it. That's really it. We, we, we need to stand and realize that um, the fear of God matters more. And I just still remember a call from, from Mark Crutcher from Life Dynamics, who's since passed away to his reward. But he, he called me up and he says, how's it going, Jan? I said, not so great. I said, I can count my friends on one hand. They're blocking our bill in, in Congress as well as in the Ohio Senate. And he says, Jan, did you go down to the state house to make friends or did you go down there to end abortion? The answer is end abortion. If you want to change the course of history, sometimes you have to stand alone. And that includes pastors in the pulpit. No matter what they do, this is the moment to stand. A final word before our break. Uh, Jonathan, what would you add? 
Well, absolutely. I think uh, placing on the context that you do in the historical context is so important. If you think of where we were in uh, 2021 at this time, uh, still having the specter of Roe v. Wade, a, a law that was no law at all, a, a decision from a court hanging over uh, the heads of folks that kept uh, very constitutional laws threatened that would be passed in, in several states. If you think of where we were just two summers ago, the amount of progress that we have made in terms of preserving life, the fact that uh, it is by the people that we're able to make a decision now where it's landing in our laps and uh, just in the arc of history in general, uh, you know, a country that uh, overcame slavery, a country that overcame civil rights uh, in both instances, considering individuals less than human, once again, having to be gripped with a moral decision, are we going to give full protection to individuals, even those that are in the womb? Uh, it, it's a great opportunity uh, for us to right this ship and to make a moral and pronouncement that our laws and an opportunity sorry we're just right up against the clock jonathan i didn't mean to cut you off but it is an opportunity to get involved because if we can stop it in ohio we can stop it in this next state where you live wherever they're coming next they've got their crosshairs aimed at babies in your state join with us now and we'll help you at f2a.org you can help get this out to voters uh and we have a very special guest a J6 prisoner talking about liberty firsthand. You're going to hear what's at stake when we come back. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey everybody, Richard Harris here. I wanted to let you know that the Truth and Liberty live call-in show is now on Twitter. You can watch us there at 3.30 Mountain Time, 5.30 Eastern Time, five days a week. Just go and follow us on Twitter at Truth and Liberty Co. That's C-O. And remember, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So don't miss out. Watch us live on Twitter. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Janet Porter. I'm with Faith to Action. Most people know me as the architect of the mother of the heartbeat bill. Um, and as Corey said just a moment ago, when they when we started it, they said it was impossible. And it's now inevitable. 15 states, actually 18 heartbeat laws have passed. Three states passed it twice. Um, but uh, we're looking at a, a means of protecting babies. But with the national strategy of the abortion movement, they're trying to override every law we've passed and inject a abortion until birth into the state constitution. You can help us at f2a.org right now. Their crosshairs are on Ohio, next is Florida and a state where you live. Um, but we've been talking about life 
Um, but we also stand at Faith to Action and certainly with Truth and Liberty on the issue of liberty. Uh, and uh, we have with us Jonathan Alexander. He is with the Liberty Council, who has put out together put together this memo of what pastors are allowed to do. The list is all there for you in black and white at F2A.org. And Corey Shankleton, who is the president of Michigan Faith to Action, has been on the front lines and seen uh, that the damage of this uh, of this uh, agenda that has uh, hit Michigan, what they're trying to do to Ohio, they did in Michigan. Michigan to make abortion till birth, turn basically turn Michigan into California, which is what they're trying to do in the state of Ohio. But right now we also have an assault against our liberties like never before. And and it's 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 something that I, I've been recently paying more and more attention to. I was just on a, a Zoom call with some of the, the January 6th prisoners when they joined together at nine o'clock every night to sing the national anthem. I stood in my house alone, uh, just singing, whispering uh, the national anthem with them with tears running down my eyes because we're talking about American citizens who are basically put in DC gulags, some that have been in prison for a thousand days without a trial, others that walked through an open door of the Capitol, held open by the Capitol police, took a couple sel selfies, and now they're facing 20, or more years in prison, and we've got somebody there that knows firsthand. He's been he's been uh, one of those prisoners who happened to walk into what's called the People's House. That's right, the U.S. House of Representatives, the Capitol, is called the People's House for a reason. And it, I, I don't know that it was clear. I mean, if, if we've got a guy in Congress right now <laughs> who um, who doesn't know the difference between a doorknob and a fire alarm. Um, that's right. Uh, Jamal Bowman, he pulled the fire alarm to try to interfere with the business of, of the Capitol. And uh, there's 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 no there's no ramifications if you happen to be a Democrat. Um, but one of the things that that Marjorie Taylor Greene said is that Bowman needs to be arrested and, per, and prosecuted on the same charges being used to imprison J6ers. We have one of those imprisoned January 6ers who basically exercised his First Amendment freedoms is now facing felonies uh, that, again, for, for merely taking selfies inside the people's house. Uh, we have you with us, Isaac Thomas. Yes. Uh, hey, Andrew. How, how are we doing tonight, sir? Actually, Andrew's not here tonight. Uh, I, I could probably do an imitation oh, of him if I could, but it's Janet Porter who's uh, filling in for Andrew and for Richard oh. Harris. I I just oh, want Janet, to say... Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, they just no got worries, me, uh, tapped in here, so I, I kind of heard the last couple of sentences. Sorry about that. Sure. Fill us in on what happened to you. Uh, a lot of people, um, they may have they may have done something wrong, in which case, if you committed a trespass, yeah. you should be found guilty of trespass. But, but what happened to you? What tell us Tell us about your story. Yeah, hey, Janet. So, uh, well, first off, I just want to start out and say thank you guys very much uh, for giving me this opportunity to, to talk with you guys tonight. Uh, my name is Isaac Thomas. I'm the youngest January 6th defendant charged to date. Uh, on October 19, 2020, I turned 18 years old. November 3rd, 2020, I voted, uh, casted my first ever vote for uh, the best president America has, Donald J. Trump. And on January 6th, uh, 2021, I headed to my first political protest in D.C. Uh, to speak up and, and share my First Amendment rights uh, and speak up against the establishment that is attempting to uh, take over our country with communism. And um, I, I headed down there, and um, basically I had no understanding. I didn't even know we were going to be going to the Capitol. I mean, I, when I headed down there, I just went to see president, our president speak. And um, and basically, we you know we headed down there and we stood outside uh, very peacefully, and um, we 
Which, by the way, is what right President Trump instructed. Yeah. He said exactly. the peacefully well, protest. Yeah, exactly. And patriotically protest. Yes. Exactly. Peacefully. Exactly. And, and, mm -hmm. and President Trump can't be the, the one to blame for this either. Um, but he did definitely let us know to be to peacefully protest on exercise our First Amendment rights. And um, and basically, so what happened is uh, I, I, we go down here, we're standing there peacefully. Uh, the cops are telling us just remain calm. Nothing's going to happen. They never once asked us to leave. Uh, myself and many others were live streaming the event. Uh, with different uh, with our phones and, and on different social media platforms, and uh, basically without warning, the Capitol Police and the, the D.C. Metro Police Department attacked the crowd of about two million people were there in total. I know the the mainstream media will tell people that there was maybe thirty thousand people there. No, we could not see the end of the crowd. We're talking oceans of patriots, uh, God's people. Uh, that showed up that day. They felt called, they felt an obligation uh, to stand up for their constitution. Uh, because here's the thing, we have not only a right, but a responsibility uh, to replace a tyrannical uh, and communist government. As American citizens, we have a responsibility to do that and to stand up for the truth. And so that's what we did. And we were attacked, we were beaten. Four innocent protesters were killed that day. Unarmed innocent protesters were killed that day. And uh, the, the people who killed these, these protesters got promotions. For example, Michael Byrd, he killed Ashley Babby. He shot her in the neck and killed her. He murdered her. And that man was promoted a couple months ago to captain of the Capitol Police. Uh, Lila Morris, she uh, viciously beat Roseanne Boylan 40 times with a baton as she was on the ground unconscious, continued to beat her on video. And she is uh, just as happy as can be, never been charged. She gets all these deals and is now going in front of committees, in front of the Congress to testify against us. And it's wrong what happened. Uh, but I want to start out just I want to back up a little bit because uh, there's, a, there's a second piece to this that's really important. That the, out of the, the millions of people that were there that day, the Capitol, uh, the, 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 the DOJ, the Department of Justice, seems to be targeting people who are the most outspoken and who have information that the government doesn't want getting out. Uh, for me, for example, I believe for a long time, uh, as somebody who, from 6 to 16 years old, I grew up in the Michigan foster care system, being experimented on, beaten under the care of the Department of Health and Human Services. I was literally uh, raised by the Department of Health and Human Services, put into uh, 42 different placements, moved around uh, throughout my life. And I lost both parents, uh, my dad when I was six years old, my mother on May 20th, 2020, just eight months before the Capitol protest passed away from a fentanyl overdose, the same fentanyl that's pouring over our border. And so I went down to the Capitol in 2021 to speak up, yes, against the rigged election, but also to speak up for what I uh, would like to sum it up with is incompetent and corrupt government policies that are hurting innocent lives. And that's exactly what everyone showed up there that day for. They were tired of working their butts off every single day. And, and people, I watch my family, I'm from Flint, Michigan. We watch my family, my friends, uh, working two, three jobs and can barely afford to buy groceries. Yet these rich, spoon-fed politicians who never worked a single day of their life continue to line their pockets with our hard-earned tax dollars. And it's absolutely disgusting, Janet. And we need to stand up. We need the American people to have a say. Uh, I, was out, I was charged January 26th of this year 
So we're talking two years after the Capitol protest, they came after me. Uh, for those entire two years, I worked at an, elder, uh, an assisted living home, and I continue to be very outspoken about the lies that we are seeing from the propaganda-funded uh, media and, and the establishment-funded media. I continue to speak up and talk about the innocent protesters they killed. I spoke up about how I was trafficked by the Department of Health and Human Services and by the establishment and the things they did to me and to the other kids in the system. And I think once I started to speak up enough, they finally decided they need to shut me up. And that's exactly what they did. I, I was managed to be out on bond until August 28th. They revoked my bond just a, a last month, or two months ago on August 28th. And I am now sitting here on October 19th. It's going to be my 21st birthday. And I'm sitting in the D.C. Gulag with, other, with a, a bunch of other patriots who stood up for their country that day and are being absolutely uh, ran over by, by the government right now. And I, I, here's but the thing. I love our country, but I do not like what our government is doing to us in here. It is absolutely terrible. So we got to stand up. we got to make things right. And um, if you've just joined us, let me just ever. interject. Isaac Thomas yeah. is, is speaking to us from inside the D.C. Gulag uh, and the crime you've been charged with. Yeah. They're, they're, they're giving you felonies for, for merely walking into the Capitol and taking some selfies. Well, they're making accusations against me that aren't true. They have somebody in my indictment that is pictured that is very clearly not me. And they are they're accusing me of saying that they're, they're saying that I uh, was one of the people who uh, used a flagpole to attempt to assault a Capitol Police officer. They have no evidence of that. There's not a Capitol Police officer who has said that I assaulted them. There's no video footage. And uh, unfortunately, I'm facing 12 charges, seven felonies and five misdemeanors. And the re they, they took my childhood and now they're trying to take the prime of my life from me. Uh, I'm looking at an average of about 20 years. They could give me uh -huh. up to life if they wanted to, if they decide to stack all of these charges and, 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 uh, and add them up. They, they could give me uh -huh. as much time as they want. Um, but basically, I know, they, they I, took everything from me. And, I know Corey's got something to add on that, that they've used that flagpole yeah. charge against other people. Like, you know, somebody got uh, pricked yeah. with a flagpole or something, and they've actually used it against multiple people, I understand. But And, and yeah. again, there was no evidence that that was you, and it wasn't you. But but what what about the conditions? Tell us about the conditions inside yeah. uh, what has become the American Gulag. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's terrible, you know, we, and, and honestly, I mean, we, we have these phones that we get to use. Uh, a lot of times they cut out. Uh, the food here is absolutely miserable. Um, and conditions have improved a little bit because of so many patriots calling and speaking up and the lawsuits that have been filed against this jail. Uh, we have been, uh, improved a little bit for quite some time. The patriots in here were locked in their cells for 23 hours a day, only let out for one hour a day. Uh, they were, since I've been in here, we've been forced to take COVID testing um, quite often. They come and force uh, people to take COVID testing and tell us if we don't, that we um, that we will not be allowed to come out of our cells. They, if a lawyer comes to visit us, if our lawyer comes to see us and we don't put a mask on, they do not allow us to, uh, to see our lawyers if we don't put the mask on for them. Afterwards, with, uh, every time we have a visit with family or lawyers, we are uh, subject to strip searches and COVID testing once again. 
Um, they, if you test for COVID, you get put in the hole for two weeks on what they call quarantine. Um, it's absolutely miserable. And, and you know, it, it, it's a very unfortunate what they're doing, but this is not by accident. This is intentional. The Biden regime, uh, the corrupt wannabe dictator that sits in the White House, uh, who can't even form a sentence, uh, continues to direct his DOJ, or if it's not him, because he probably doesn't even know the difference, uh, but the, the people that are surrounding him continue to direct the DOJ to persecute as many people as they can, and they have not slowed down at all. They are using, uh, and I'm speaking to the American people, they are using your American tax dollars to persecute innocent American citizens. And we need you guys. You have one minute remaining. We also How can we help you, calls. Isaac? We've got so. one minute. How can we help you? How yeah. can we pray for you? Yes. So uh, a huge shout-out for one to Pastor Corey Shankleton. He's been a huge help. Also a shout-out to, con- con- to Condemned U.S. and Trinus Evans. They've helped me set up a legal defense fund. That money comes directly to, to me to go to my lawyers. Um, I really need you guys to please uh, go to givesendgo.com and cite, uh, search out uh, Isaac Thomas, January 6th Legal Defense Fund. My understanding is there's going to be a link posted for that. And most of all, the biggest thing we can do is pray. We gotta have faith in Jesus Christ, and I want to make that clear right now. As much as they're trying to torture me, my faith in Jesus Christ has never been stronger. The more they come after me, the closer I get with God, and I, I encourage everyone to do the same. The more they come after us, there's only one thing we can do: that's pray for our country and has, ask God to intervene, and He will do it. We are waiting for things to change, and they're going to change very soon. But it's only by God's help. Thank you for using well, Global Tell. And that's it. That's all we have. Uh, the 15-minute block from Isaac Thomas, a J6 prisoner who uh, who is basically uh, facing up to 20 years, perhaps life in jail for uh, for going to a rally and walking into the people's house, uh, doing no harm and, and causing no injury. Um, Corey, you know a little more about the case and, and and how people can get involved to help these American patriots, these political prisoners. Who, uh, who really did nothing other than exercise their First Amendment rights uh, or maybe walk through an open door, uh, in many cases held open, by, by the police, by the officials. They didn't know necessarily that this is not something they were allowed to do on this day. I, I, I certainly know you're not allowed to pull a fire alarm, but I, I didn't necessarily know you weren't allowed to walk into the people's houses. I've, I've walked in there many times, as you have as well, um, but this is this is what they're calling an insurrection. Yeah. I want to get your take on, on what to do to help, and, and, and then, uh, Jonathan, anything you'd like to added to the mix you know the reality with isaac you know he's 18 year old kid and he says you know the doors were hold held wide open and the crowd was moving into the capitol and there was no sign that it was anything uh you know what he was referring to um uh regarding the the felony charge that they're trying to come after him with um where uh you know there's a video out there where there's a crowd of about 200 people on the other side of the crowd uh, there's a flag that's waving. Uh, it appears that it brushes up against the arm of an officer, uh, not an assault by no means. Looks like someone that's waving a flag brushes up against the arm of an officer. You cannot see the person holding the flag at all. And they are saying, this is the video. This is the evidence. This is the, we got you, Isaac. Uh, you've assaulted a police officer. The problem is they've used that exact same footage to already convict other individuals. So this is what's targeting. I mean, I was on the phone uh, with another inmate in uh, in the D.C. Gulag the other day uh, by the name of Matthew Kroll, and this individual has major medical issues. He's wearing a life vest. 
uh, carrying the battery pack, the whole thing, because he, he is desperately in need of um, having a, a pacemaker defibrillator put in. Uh, he actually um, flatlined in his cell. He has the printout that shows you. His wife sent it to me. And, uh, and they let him lay there for an hour and a half before they got him any medical attention. And this individual is simply asking the judge. They filed papers. They said, hey, here's the deal. Either please give us a medical uh, release so I can get this medical attention I need, or just sentence me. You know, just sentence me so I can get to a federal prison where I can get the medical attention I need. Then, you know, there are horrific criminals in our nation that are being treated better by the justice system than these men and women who showed up by the overwhelming majority to just simply stand up for freedom and liberty. You know, uh, as I as I look at this, it's just it's so beyond comprehension. And this all became from the, a, a misuse of the Patriot Act to take basically American citizens and say you're terrorists. In fact, I'm, I heard uh, on Bannon's war room they were talking about uh, the fact that they actually had uh, uh, playing cards, much like they used against Saddam Saddam Hussein and others of the terrorists. They they basically put American citizens on greeting cards and and used it to circulate and to play and to mock. American citizens who, again, exercise their First Amendment rights. Some committed trespass. We're against trespass. Just so we're clear, Absolutely. we're not for violating the law. We're not for harming anyone. But when you have American citizens who actually never even step foot into the Capitol, or as we see in Isaac's case, took a couple of pictures inside uh, and yet are facing life in jail, um, it is, it's, it's absolutely appalling and beyond comprehension. And, and, you know, one of the things I want to see, and I certainly hope that the new speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives uh, is, is somebody who will have real January 6 hearings, really bring this issue before the, before the, the, the forefront. Uh, Rep. Patrick McHenry of North Carolina is the new speaker of the House. Nobody would have predicted this two years ago. They said it was impossible. But what happened? Patriots stood and they said, you know what? We're not going to bow to the establishment. We're not going to have business as usual. We're not going to let promises be violated. And they stood and we're seeing history made. We saw history made, as we mentioned, with the heartbeat bill. We saw it with people like Phyllis Schlafly, who was standing. And I'll just say uh, one of the things that Jonathan mentioned in our own American history. By the way, there were only 25%. You do a Gallup poll in the, in the Revolutionary War, only 25% of the people actually supported the Revolutionary War going against the most powerful nation on earth, going against Great Britain. Um, but then they saw that uh, one of the things David Barton talks about very eloquently is only 7 to 8% of the American citizens participated in the Revolutionary War. So here's the hopeful thing. Here's the silver lining is that, that, that it doesn't take a majority. It takes a, a, a remnant. God is famous for working through remnants. Look what he did with Gideon's army, pared him down to 300. This is what it takes. It takes God's people willing to stand up, to speak up. And right now, we need to stand up for those who are wrongly imprisoned, those who, uh, who, who right now are facing the abortionist knife, children who are facing uh, a surgeon's knife to have healthy body parts cut off to be mutilated without mom and dad not only giving their consent, without ever being told about it, without being notified. That's what's at stake in Ohio. That's what's at stake in, in, in your state. Uh, as we mentioned, the swing state of, Ohio, of, of Florida, they're, they're, they're shooting the, to go there next. We've got to stand. Um, our country's on fire. Um, but here's the good news. As I said at the, uh, at the conference, the Truth and, Love, uh, Truth and Liberty Conference, is, is that there's a fourth man in the fire, that Jesus is with us. 
and that if we will stand with him, we're going to come out of this thing. Uh, we're not going to smell like smoke. We're going to actually see justice done. Uh, Bobby Connor talked about how God's gavel is coming. We're seeing that justice will come. And that's why the assault against our president has been so severe. And I mean, our president, our rightfully duly, duly elected president, President Trump, where they, they couldn't get them with, with two fraudulent impeachments. They they couldn't get them with a stolen election. They're going after him. They raided his house. And, and now they're going after him with all of, of these indictments. Um, the reason is because that is their biggest threat. They will do anything to keep him from, from running, to keep him from winning the White House and, and draining the swamp. Uh, I'll, I'll let you weigh in, Corey. I, I could talk about this for another hour ranting and raving about where we are as a nation, but what we need to do to get it back. Because one thing I know, is is that God is not done with America, uh, and if He can if He can rescue us from the most powerful nation on earth with seven or eight percent participating in the American Revolution, what can He do with a remnant of seven or eight percent of Christians who stand up and speak up? I believe He's gonna He's gonna do what what He what He what the word He gave to Reinhard Bonnke, the the uh, late evangelist uh, who who saw Africa saved, and He spoke it out. He said, "America shall be saved." I believe that with all of my heart, but it's gonna take Putting your faith to action, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and the reality was, is it's not just any seven or eight percent. It it was the Christians. There is one, there is one entity that has the ability and the 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 power and the authority to turn this thing around, and it's the ecclesia, it's the church, it's the believers. Uh and so, you know, so while you know, on the other side they work and they try to, you know, work in mob rule and numbers. We just need to stand. We just need to actually stand and occupy and be the 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 salt of the earth. We need to be that 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 preserving remnant that has the authority and the power. You know, I think about in the book of Daniel how you know you have this great big tall statue, you know, and it's got you know bronze feet and you know clay legs and iron and silver, and it's all of the the empires of the earth. But all of a sudden, there's one rock, this little rock that is hurled from the hand of God. That is a stone that is hewn out by God, that it grows into the greatest mountain. It smashes the foot of that statue, and it grows into the greatest mountain and overtakes every other mountain. That is what happens when we stand as the church, when we engage with what Janet's talking about, faith in action. We have the word of God. It already tells us. We have the promises of people like Ron Hart Bunke, who says, you know, America will be saved. We have the heritage of our founding fathers. That you know that shows us the path, that shows us the foundation. The only thing missing now is you and I engaging with the plan of God to turn this thing back around. We're gonna we're gonna let you get in on this conversation, and uh, there's a way to do that. It's a very simple way. You can dial uh, with your phone seven one nine six one nine twenty three forty one. 719-619-2341. And we uh, will let you join in on the conversation. Maybe you've got some, uh, some, in fact, there was a question that came in earlier. We couldn't get to it. And that is that, you know, do you think some some pastors, they uh, elevate social issues over the gospel? That's a concern that some have. What would you say to that, Corey? I just want to get that question answered before we get the other calls. Well, you know, the reality is, is that the foundation is the gospel. You know, and so we are we are first and foremost to be preachers of the gospel. We're not called to go out and make social converts. We're called to go out and make disciples. And so disciples are one who reflect the nature of their master. And so, you know, 
the way that Jesus conducted himself, the things that Jesus confronted, the things that Jesus challenged, those are those are the preeminent responsibility of the church. You know, you talked earlier about, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, we have, you know, we're afraid of government or we're afraid of people. You know, I just want to be plain and clear. I I I believe that in gatherings where that is the preeminent reality, you actually don't have the church. Because the church, the only defining thing of the church is that the head is Christ. And so if Christ is not the head, then you actually have a social gathering or an assembly. But you do not have the church that is not the ecclesia that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And that's what we're challenging, I believe, tonight, is we need we need the, the ecclesia, the church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And the only way that happens is it has to be the church that Christ is building. And the thing that, that I know about God, it's, it's, it's about doing the things that he commanded us, right? We're, we're to be yeah. that voice voiceless. We're to stand up on, on the issue of morality and not bow down to the alphabet mafia, the LGBT, QRSTD agenda, and, and all the rest to come. It's not to, to speak against uh, people. Uh, people are not the darkness, but they are in the darkness, and they need a light. Uh, and, and that's what we, you, you've, I've heard you give many sermons on Isaiah 60 about deep darkness covering the earth, and then we need to arise and shine for the light has come. We are are the light of the world. He said Christ is the light of the world, but he now is, is in us so that we can shine and give people uh, hope and to give people truth. Uh, that's it. We've got to speak the truth. We speak it in love, um, but we're going to see our country, I believe, return to the people of God. Righteousness exalts the nation, but but what happens is <clears throat> when we see we see the 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 sin uh, uh, and the darkness cover this earth. It's it's really the the people who've been sitting on their hands. You know, I, I remember in, in Sunday school, it's we have this little light of mine. We're not supposed to hide it under a bushel, right? We're supposed to let it shine, yeah. and that's what we're calling on people to do. You can be a part of this conversation. I want to ask you if you want to want to join in. The number to dial is seven one nine. 619-2341, 719-619-2341, and the calls are open. Um, but but we're facing right now, and I believe where the battle is the hottest, I would say, and I, I say that without without self-interest, I say the battle of the hot is the hottest right now in the state of Ohio. Although last year I said it very clearly, the battle was the hottest in the state of Michigan. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna you stand together. I was there for many weeks. Uh being that voice for the voiceless, uh, it was not enough, sadly, in the state of Michigan. But that's why we've got to join together. We are the ecclesia. We are the body of Christ. And we work together. Um, he could have made us uh, to be independent of each other. But that's not how God designed us. He designed us as a body to be dependent on each other. And as you've said very clearly, Christ is the head. Uh, and that uh, that's who we follow. Um, final words. We've got just a few seconds left before we go to break. Corey, anything you want to add? And all, all these things we're talking about today, they are they are foundations. The scriptures say, if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? We have to build the foundations again to this nation. So when we're talking about, you know, loss of parental rights, why is that important? Because that is the way that government is supposed to be learned, is in the family context. So here we are, we're fighting all these things because government is broken, but government is broken because family's broken. So we have to join together right now and strengthen the foundations again in this nation. Learn the foundations that Christ has given us. 719-619-2341. We'll be right back with your calls. 
we got to stop looking at this word as someday. We got to look at it. it is for now. And the Spirit of God, don't you think is big enough to teach you, to show you how to do things? Stop thinking that one day when I am super spiritual or when I have the money I need. No, start doing what he called you to do right now with the strength you have. So Father, we say yes to that today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're gonna learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hi, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Janet Porter. I'm not Richard Harris, uh, and I just want to make it clear, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to uh, to join uh, uh, one of my favorite programs and one of my favorite organizations, the Truth and Liberty Coalition. I had the privilege to be there at the conference, uh, and uh, what a what a special place this is. Uh, Andrew Womack Ministry, Ministries, just can I just I just tell you one point, one quick story. I'm sitting in the green room. And I said, so what's been happening, Andrew? What's what's going on? Well, give me give me a God story. He says, well, uh, just about a week ago, a guy died right outside this door here, and uh, he was dead for eight minutes, and God brought him back to life. Um, God also brought his son, who was five hours dead in the morgue with the toe tag, uh, dead, brought him back to life. Uh, saw he's seen more things than that we read about, and I just I just think that's the kind of Christian life we're supposed to live with with uh, signs and wonders. That's that's what the book of Acts reads, and that's what we're that's what our life is supposed to be like. I'm joined with uh, Pastor Corey Shankleton, who is with Faith to Action. He's the president of Faith to Action Michigan, who was with us uh, at the very beginning when we uh, initiated that heartbeat bill effort that they said could not pass. We're now facing uh, the biggest threat to uh, to our children and, and to the children's uh, uh, protection, to whether it's those with beating hearts, whether it's parental consent or women's right to know it will all be wiped out unless Christians rise up and say and vote no to the nightmare. November 7th in the state of Ohio, you can join us. Be a part of that at f2a.org, faith2action.org. You can uh, contribute and help us get this message out to voters. $40 reaches a 1,000 voters directly on their phones. It'll be a, an embedded uh, ad. It won't just be like a mystery link. They'll actually be able to, to watch it on their phone and help us to get that message out. So I hope you do, um, because this is where the battle is the hottest. And if we can win in Ohio, we can win in Florida and Cal and, and, and uh, Arizona and, and Arkansas, all the places where they're planning this national strategy to kill children till birth and beyond. Uh, and so uh, that's where we are. If you want to join in the conversation, you can uh, do so. It's at 719-619-2341. We still have a couple open lines, 719-619-2341. Uh, we have James, who is on the line uh, from Colorado. James, so glad you're here. What's on your mind? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. What a great show this is. And I hope uh, that both of you will come back again frequently. Uh, but my question has to do with this uh, business of McCarthy. 
Uh, and I'm wondering if he if he's vacated and actually removed, how is that good for the Republican Party at this critical time uh, coming up on elections in 2024? Uh, let me say this, James. I appreciate the question. It's a question on many, many people's minds. I believe it's a great thing for America because what 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 would happen if this had not happened? I'll tell you what would happen. Uh, we are not only 20, uh, $33 trillion in debt, we'd be more in debt. We'd be giving more to Ukraine. We'd be giving more to the agendas of, of those that are, are working against the family, more uh, more money to, to, the, to, to the causes that hate God. Um, and what happened it's, 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 as Corey said, it's historic. I didn't realize it was never happened before, but this is this is phenomenal because what it means is you can't lie to conservatives to take the reins of power and do whatever you please. You can't make backroom deals with Democrats and say, yeah, it looks like we're going to defund Ukraine, uh, maybe take care of our own borders. I don't know, maybe take care of our own people who are struggling to to buy food and to buy gasoline and pay their mortgage, pay their rent. Um, what What's happening is we've got a guy, it's kind of interesting, his name sounds like Patrick Henry. Patrick McHenry is a Republican from North Carolina. I, I say we pray for this man because he's going to be coming under a lot of scrutiny. Um, and, and, and the reason why he's there is because we do not want more of the same. As, as Matt Gates pointed out on the floor of the House, the, the world is de-dollarizing. The BRICS nations that are all saying, we want nothing to do with the, with the dollar. We've got inflation that's run away, skyrocketing. Uh, we're looking at, at some very, very tough and lean times if we don't turn the corner. What happened today is we were headed straight for the cliff and we took a turn. It's 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 not a complete U-turn, but it's a turn from the cliff that I believe is 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 great hope. I want to give you one story of Kevin McCarthy. Um, he's he was one in leadership when Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House, and uh, he was one along with Speaker Ryan. When I met with Speaker Ryan personally, Kevin McCarthy was among those. He met with with Congressman Steve King. Personally, said we are not bringing the federal heartbeat bill to a vote even though we had 174. We only need 218 votes to pass a bill, right? 218. We had 174, 44 votes short, but we had those votes even though they weren't co-sponsors. These were co-sponsors on the federal heartbeat bill more than any other pro-life bill in Congress. And you know what? They wouldn't pass it. When the Republicans had control, they wouldn't use the power to save lives. We had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, Republican White House, pro-life judges being ushered on the Supreme Court, and the uniparty would not budge. Well, what's happening right now is that America is waking up. We're not going to have business as usual because there were some courageous people like Matt Gates and, and, and the seven others who joined with him to take a stand. I, I have great hope. This is this gives me such encouragement that there are people with courage willing to stand not on my watch. One of the things he said is, you know what? If America goes down, it's not gonna, it's not going to be with, with, without me fighting. I don't want to be on a board of directions, directors of a nation that goes off a cliff. And I believe what happened is that we now took a turn from the, the, the business as usual, the status quo, put everything in an omnibus bill, and then everybody has cover and they can vote for whatever they please as we are going into, we're borrowing money. Think about this. We're borrowing money to pay the debt of Ukraine. We're going into debt to pay for the for the uh, not just the war but for the for their own their own government debt we're paying for their borders while our borders are wide open and even terrorists are, are walking over and I'll give you a follow up before we go to Corey uh, James did I did I did I give you a, a, at least the beginning of the answer to your question uh, yes thank you I just wonder who's going to replace him well that's who we talked about it's it's rep Patrick McHenry out of North Carolina 
I don't know a lot about him, um, but he is uh, he's been voted in. And I think it's a very, very good sign. Uh, again, not knowing much about him. I know a lot about Kevin McCarthy. And I just say that the replacement is good for America. It's good for Congress, because where we were headed is straight for the cliff. And I, I, I see where we're where, where the business as usual has led us 33 million, 33 trillion dollars in debt, and we need to make a change. And uh, I hope that one of the changes is not only those single subject spending bills, but also real hearings on what's happening in January 6th. You know what I hope also happens? That we get a floor vote on the federal heartbeat bill. Uh, Representative Kelly from, from Pennsylvania has picked up the bill, uh, and we have not seen that brought to even a, a vote. We did have a committee hearing back in 2018, I believe it was, um, but but there's been no activity. It's time for, for the, the views of the people to be expressed through their, their those who represent them, those who work for them. And I, I, I think it's a great day. I think it's a great day for America, and it gives me great hope for where we're going, that, that we've got people like Matt Gates who is now my favorite member of Congress, uh, willing to stand and to stand and fight uh, against great odds, against great uh, uh, opposition, mocking. They were they were chanting against him. And uh, I just I give him credit and I uh, stand with him. So, Corey, anything you want to add to that? Well, you know, it, I, I liken this to what you've seen when uh, bringing the nation's first heartbeat bill into Ohio. You know, I I remember, you know, we thought it would be a no-brainer, right? We had a governor who had ran on a pro-life agenda. We had, you know, I think it was the supermajority was in the Senate, if I remember correctly, and majority in the House, uh, you know, thought, boy, all of these people ran on, on a pro-life agenda. And so 10 years later, you get this across the finish line. And one of the things we, we realized is, you know, there's all kinds of trading that happens. So I think what's happening with the Matt Gates situation actually uh, is is a is 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 showing something that's at a larger uh, a larger level in where we're really actually fighting for the fabric of our nation. And you know, when we were fighting for the heartbeat bill, we often said people would trade you know you know trade authority for access. You know, they yes. thought if they got a meeting with the speaker, then they were getting you know getting somewhere. But they know that they'll give you a meeting with the speaker just to bide you off for a little bit of time. Well, what's happening is we've been trading off conviction, you know, really standing for something for electability. And so, you know, in the state of Michigan, one of the things that's happening right now is, you know, in, in a lot of Republican conservative circles, they're saying, here's the thing, you can't talk about abortion anymore because we lose elections when we talk about abortion. You can't, you know, you can't talk about elections anymore because we lose elections when we talk about elections. Something has to happen on the inside of us where we're willing to do whatever is right, regardless of what the cost is. And that's what we're seeing played out in this, uh, you know, in this really national scene right now is, you know, is, is it going to help us win elections? I don't know if it'll help us win elections. But you know what, when those three Hebrew children went into the fiery furnace, uh, one of the things they said is, you know what, God is able to save us. Whether he does or not is his responsibility, but we're going to stand right. for what's right. And that's what you're seeing play out in this fight in Congress, is what kind of people are we going to be? Are we going to be people who maneuver behind the scenes so that we can be electable and win elections, or are we going to be a people of conviction? And what's happening is people in our nation are actually responding to real leadership and people with you know, with real conviction in their life. They actually believe what they say. That's why we've seen the largest voting block of conservatives ever in a presidential race just a few years ago. Like them or not, 
you knew what you were getting and people respect real authentic leadership and not this backdoor cowardly politician maneuvering that we've been convinced is the only way to govern because we haven't seen anything else for so very long in this nation. We've got some open phone lines and we're going to take your questions, whatever the question may be. 719-619-2341. Uh, you can join us. We've got just about 20 minutes left. 719-619-2341. Uh, I have great hope for America. There are a lot of people who are, uh, are very oppressed. It's that there's a darkness. There is there is the deep darkness. Uh, and, and and what we need to do is, is see the, the signs of hope, that God is in fact moving. There, there have been signs of revival. And, and as Andrew Womack told me, just a few weeks ago is that he believes the great awakening has begun and I, I agree with him we saw the asbury revival we saw spots and pockets of where the holy spirit is moving and we're seeing men of courage like matt gates willing to stand uh, those who stood with him uh that, that, that this honestly can i tell you something if, if you were to tell me even a year ago that this would happen i would say you're you know you're wishful thinking that's that's just pure optimism, because I don't see anybody on the horizon who's willing to stand against the establishment, to stand against the, the business as usual, the, 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 let's go more and more into debt, let's let's just put everything in an omnibus bill, let's let's do everything that we've always done. Um, and how's that work for us? We're, how are we as a nation? We're, we're being laughed at as a nation. And, and, and what we need to understand is that, again, God works through remnants. And his remnant right now, I believe, is ready uh, to stand up. And I hope that you'll join us uh, as we, uh, we stand up against the, uh, the, the lethal, the most, perhaps the most lethal giant that I've ever encountered is this issue one. By the way, issue two is bad, too. That's, that's, that's marijuana, the recreational use of marijuana. If you want to see where that goes, take a look in Colorado. Take a look at, at how they're giving uh, you know, uh, marijuana gummies to children and what's happening on the roads. I mean, I was in Florida uh, uh, a few weeks ago, saw a billboard that, that a little bit of high is too high to drive. And I'm like, is this where it's come to, that we've got to put billboards out about you know, not driving high now, not just driving drunk? This is, this is where they want to turn Ohio into a cesspool. They want to make into California, and we've got to stand up, and, and, and we're asking for help, whether you live there or whether you don't, because uh, as we did in Michigan, we're going to stand with uh, with you when they come to, to your state and try to make your state an abortion until birth, child mutilation without parental notice or consent, um, and so that's why we're saying say no to the nightmare. For $20, you can reach 500 voters, and you can say, you know what? I did what I was commanded to do, to be a voice for those carried away to death. I think I misquoted it uh, when I said it earlier. It's, it's, it's Proverbs 24:11 that we are re we're commanded to rescue those that are being carried away to death. And in Proverbs 31, 8, commanded to be a voice for those appointed to die. And so I, I just want to say, this is our moment. Um, God is watching. You know, I was reading Ezekiel, uh, where, where, where God is taking note of those that are sighing, those who are, are praying and lamenting about the evil that's taking place in Israel. And he's marking people right now. Who is it that is on their knees crying out to God because of the evil in our land? And he's putting a mark. Uh, and we hear about the mark of the beast. That's one you don't want to take. But when God puts his mark on you, in the end times, what we're looking at is, is his safety. It's, it's, it's his protection that his people are going to be able to be. Uh, uh, I, many talk about the superpowers that we have as Christians is because Christ lives in us. We have the God of resurrection power. And if we've got the protection of God, you've got that shield of faith and the armor that he's told us to wear, then, then we can see Goliath fall. Uh, and again, once you've seen it happen once, no one can tell you it can't be done again. Corey? Absolutely. You know, and yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I do want to address real quick here is, you know, 
so many of the things that are happening are just unfathomable to us. You know, like you said, you know, giving gummies to kids, you know, all of the different things that are going on, you know, as, as you know, believers, our mind just don't fathom the way that some of these bills, you know, like, really would want to kill a baby that's, you know, already been born alive, and they're not going to try to assist it or help it. And so when you hear people talk about what's going on in Ohio, what happened in Michigan, you know, just a year ago, one of the things that, you know, oftentimes people, you know, are they are they being a little bit, you know, are they stretching it a little bit? Are they just trying to run a campaign and, you know, really, you know, scare people into movement? We just two weeks ago in the state of Michigan, so it was passed on the ballot last year, uh, two weeks ago, now the, the actual laws were presented in the House in the state of Michigan. Everything we warn people about are in those laws. The loss of parental rights, the, the removal of standards for abortion clinics, uh, you know, uh, all of the transitioning uh, without parental consent, you know, everything, you know, it, you know, removal of partial birth abortion law, you know, so we can now do partial birth abortion again, you know, everything we warn people about. And, you know, the best well-meaning people would come up and go, now, they're really not going to do that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I'm speaking as someone on this side of it, you know, let's stop it in Ohio so it doesn't come to your state. 719-619-2341 is the number to dial, 719-619-2341. Let's go next to Ann, who is a partner. Thank you, Ann, for partnering with, with uh, just this phenomenal ministry, and uh, we're just grateful to you, and we're glad you're here. You're from Texas, right? Whereabouts in Texas? Yeehaw. Yeah, I'm from Texas. I'm near Austin, the liberal mecca of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love Texas. I love Texans. Uh, and uh, and if I wasn't an Ohioan or if I wasn't drawn to Florida because my husband's a Floridian, Texas would, would really be up there in my in my choices of states because these are people who who uh, understand um, freedom and are willing to defend it. So what's what's on your mind today? Well, amen, sister. We'll take you any day. Hmm. Um, my question is, in light of the intensity of the radical left, and in light of the enormous change that we need in this country, do you believe, Janet and, and Corey, do you believe that we need a revolution in this country in order to turn it around? Corey, I've been dominating. I'll let you take that one first. Well, thanks a lot, Janet. Yeah, no, you know, <laughs> I, so the answer to that is, do we need a revolution in the context of, you know, uh, you know, guns and ammo, you know, I, I don't believe we are to that place, you know, maybe yet. But we do need a revolution. We need a revolution of thought. Uh, we need a revolution of engagement. You know, I, I teach uh, junior high kids uh, out of a book called Light and Glory, which is the history of America. And one of the things that people don't realize is, you know, we look at our founding fathers and we look at our founding documents. And we go, my goodness, those guys, you know, all of these liberties, all these rights, the, you know, this, these documents were founded and, you know, inspired by God. And, I, and I, they certainly were. But what people often forget is that our nation had just experienced a, a 40, depending on, you know, uh, when some say it started or ended, a 40 or 50 year spiritual great awakening. The first great awakening had swept over the nation. So these men that we call our founding fathers, they were raised up in in great awakening thought. 
the messages of those great awakenings were things like, you know, you know, liberty comes from Christ. You know, uh, you know, there was a preacher preaching a hundred years before the revolution uh, that taxation without representation was tyranny. You know, so what I'm saying is a revolution of thought, uh, or if you want to put it this way, an overarching reality that 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 controlled culture first came that then empowered men and women to stand up for was what was right, and that did end in the need for guns and ammos and the greatest liberation from a tyr tyrannical government the world has ever seen and the establishing of now what is the oldest surviving functioning democracy, uh, you know, a republic democracy ever, uh, you know, in constitution ever to exist on the planet of the earth. And so, you know, yes, we need a revolution. We, we need to, I think for some people, it would be easier for them to go grab guns and ammo than it would to be to make the real hard changes that have to occur in this nation. And that's the form of revolution that we, we have to engage in right now. It's what we were talking about with the situation in Congress and Matt Gates and all of that. You know, our culture today, you know, parents want to be, you know, best friends with their kids. They don't want to be parents. Nobody wants to be the hard parent that stands up and says, you know, some things are out of control and we're going to bring them back into control. We're going to bring them back into, you know, into shape. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can be exercised. Local government is huge. Uh, if you want to start bringing the ship right, get involved in local government. I could tell you a story. I'm a I'm my community's uh, my township's uh, zoning administrator, and we are the only township within multiple counties that don't have marijuana establishments. Why? Because I wouldn't wasn't going to permit it. And yet, just a few counties away, uh, a liberal community in Michigan, Traverse City, kind of like your 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 you know your community there in Texas you know, is transplanting uh, nationally known uh, trans trans individuals who are taking over their entire community and making them respite communities for people who are having transition surgery. So that's the kind of revolution we need uh, right now. Uh, where it goes from there, we're going to put that in, in the hands of the Lord, but we need to, we need to have, we need to have a moral revolution. We need to have a spiritual revolution. We have to have an engagement revolution. We have to have an understanding of our history revolution. And those are the things that I think right now we can be engaging in and making sure that we're uh, on a local level uh, speaking on and equipping people in. That's my opinion, Janet. Well said. 719-619-2341 is the number to dial to be a part of the conversation. Bring your question. Bring your toughest question. This is your time to uh, to ask it. 719-619-2341. Uh, one of the things that, that Ann, I wanted to say on that is, is that I believe that the revolution is, is really going to begin um, uh, at the pulpit. It begins on your knees. But yeah. when the pastors step up into the pulpit, one of the things we talked about, Corey, offline, when we we're talking about the light and the glory, the history of America, that many of of these early sermons uh, were what ended up in our founding documents. Those ideas, with no taxation without representation, those ideas about the freedom of, of speech and the freedom of religion, the freedom of assembly, these are the things that, that stemmed 
from the Black Robe Regiment, those who are in the pulpits who spoke out. Uh, you mentioned running for local elections. Um, we, well, we saw uh, the, the school boards, and David Barton will tell you, school boards across America in Miami-Dade County. Conservatives came in and Christians came in and, 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 and now are running the place. They're, they're, they're taking the, the, the filth that they're pushing on kids and they're reading it aloud at school board meetings and they're telling people, hey, this is terrible. This is pornographic. Or, yeah, this is what you're giving our kids. And they're exposing yeah. the, the filth that is, is being pumped into our, our classrooms. And it's, 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 it's uh, uh, what is changing the course of our country at the local government. As you mentioned, you wouldn't think a township trustee would mean much. Well, it does uh, when it comes comes to uh, what what you're going to allow in your in your in your area where you know we look at the B, the book of Nehemiah um, what what Nehemiah did is he put people where they live and they said we want you to defend uh, where you live and you've got to build you did two things they they had yes. a trowel in one hand as they were building they had a sword or a weapon in the other hand and so we need to build and we need to, to fight and and I think that too often what we've done is in, in Christendom is we have reacted. We my 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 dear friend uh, uh, who is sim who recently passed away, Gary Glenn. He's the one that taught me. He says, listen, what we do is we react, we respond, we defend a shrinking piece of real estate. That's what we do yeah. uh, in, in in the Christian church. No, no, no. We are called to to occupy until he comes, to advance the kingdom of God. And that's what that's what we need to be doing in every level of government, every corner of the culture. And uh, we're uh, looking forward to hearing from you. 719-619-2341 is the number to dial. 719-619-2341. We still got a few minutes if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Uh, I just want to express again my gratitude to uh, to Andrew Womack for all he's done. Man, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't read his books. Um, I, I spend I spend hours on YouTube listening to this guy uh, about the imagination, and, and we've already got it. We're begging for God for what He's already paid for. I mean, stuff that is revolutionary. If we got a hold of this, if Christians knew the power and the authority that we've already been given, if we started learning how to use it. If we started learning how to do spiritual warfare, because one of the things we've talked about, Corey, is that everything, every battle we face, whether it's for the speakership in Congress, whether it's for the for a fighting issue one and saying no to the nightmare in November whatever it may be, the heartbeat laws across the country, whatever it may be, it, 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 at the core is spiritual. Everything at the core is spiritual. Absolutely. And that's where we need to start, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that is one of the great travesties that has happened is we have become segmented in our Christian faith. And so for many, our Christian expression is relegated to a building on a Sunday morning service where really our Christian expression is in every dimension of our life. And so, you know, how is how it's expressed in the battle over the speakership, you know, how it's expressed in the battle to preserve life, it matters. And, you know, unfortunately, we've always made this about, you know, winning and losing and the way things happen. One of my favorite, most encouraging scriptures is in the book of Revelation chapter 12. You know, there's this great spiritual victory that happens in heaven, it says the kingdom of God has come, but the battle intensifies in, in the natural. And so if we can get the perspective of, because like you said, Gary Glenn always talked about, you know, we, we, we fight and we defend a shrinking piece of real estate. Well, then we're on the wrong piece of real estate because the kingdom is forever increasing. And so if we're partnering with the kingdom dynamics. And what you said is so key about we have to defend and we have to build. You know, the days of, you know, we're just going to our corner and building our own little thing are over. If we do that, we lose this nation. We have to fight off what is happening on a big scale, and we have to build in individual lives, 
individual communities and individual churches uh, something that's sustainable that can hold on to what I believe God's going to give us back, which is a, a, a reborn America that is set on the right foundation. Let's go to Tucson, Arizona. We have a partner. We're grateful for your partnership in the Ministry of Truth and Liberty, and uh, we welcome you, Greg. No, I, in fact, f forgive me. I didn't mean to mislead anyone. I'm a partner with Andrew Walmack Ministries, and I'm my wife and I are partners with the uh, building of Caris Bible College, too. I didn't want to misrepresent. What a special place. Thank you. Wonderful. So um, I, you know, I, I heard your comments, and I mean, <laughs> the power of prayer is, you know, absolutely essential. My wife and I pray with uh, Dutch Sheets Organization. There's an organization mm -hmm. here, a Christian group in Arizona. We've declared points around Tucson for Jesus. But I really think it's, I don't know if violence is even avoidable because the other side has been violent. If we look at the American Revolution and look at like 1773, they had the Boston Tea Party. That was an act of violence. If we look at Lexington and Concord, they were acts of violence. And uh, I don't know if any of these things can re be re resolved without the same type of atmosphere. Well, I, I, I'm not saying take to the streets with, uh, with you know, AK-40s, but I'll say this. Uh, Vice President Harris uh, uh, is, is now uh, calling for, for extreme measures of gun control so that we won't be able to defend ourselves. They're looking to, to disarm us. And that's why, you know, we've got to, we've got to, you know, not only defend our First Amendment freedoms, we've got to defend our Second Amendment freedoms. And we need to, again, begin with the spiritual battle. Uh, I remember when you talked about uh, Dutch Sheets, I very often give him 15 uh, in his prayer meetings, too. But I remember, Corey, in those early days of the heartbeat bill, where we would literally, we were at the state house, they would open up the doors and let the king of glory come in. And, you know, these radical people, you know, Greg, they're, they're waving their banners. And, you know, and here I am sort of, you know, a little uh, mainstream. I started off as a Lutheran girl and said, you know, maybe we ought to keep our banner waving to a minimum. You got the, 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 the senators are, are rolling their eyes as they walk by. And by the end of it, they didn't stop. Uh, by the end of it, I was picking up a banner because the atmosphere changed. We saw the victory happen before that we saw the victory happen because it happened in the spiritual first. Um, so, so yes, uh, we need to defend ourselves. Uh, it makes sense to have some extra food on hand if there's some shortages that we see, the supply chain problems that are happening. Um, but, uh, but get on your knees, get prepared, um, and be ready to uh, to stand up and speak up. Final word, Corey. We've got just a minute left. Uh, what's what's any final thoughts you have? Well, you know, our founding fathers said this, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. And, uh, you know, that is that is where we're in. And whatever measure that resistance is forced upon us to take is, is what our founding fathers did. They didn't go pursuing a war. They didn't go pursuing val uh, violence. But when, when it was on their doorstep, they knew that there was liberties that were given to them, not by government, but by God, and government was only instituted to ensure that those liberties were not infringed upon. And so, yeah, we stand on that piece of ground and we don't budge. Well, be encouraged. I uh, broadcast today from the state of Ohio, which is under siege. But I will say this, I believe the state motto, because Jesus is the one that said it, with God, 
all things are possible. That's true. Um, and that's true no matter where you live. Uh, but we are a body and we need to work together. Just imagine what would happen if we had unity in this body. Well, if the Babel, the Tower of Babel, uh, they couldn't be stopped with, with what they were doing because they had unity. What would happen if God's people unite? And so, Corey Shankleton from Faith Action, Michigan, we're grateful to you. Thanks to Richard Harris and to uh, Andrew Womack and to uh, those who joined us. We're very, very grateful. Uh, and check out F2A.org so that you can join us in stopping saying voting no to the nightmare in November. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.